You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 284, brought to you by Fandango, graphically and iFanboy listeners just like you. iFanboy Pick of the Week Podcast, episode 284. <laughs> My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with... Connor Kilpatrick. And... Josh Flanagan. <laughs> Why don't you just tell us the name of the comic book you'd like us to talk about? Flashpoint. Uh, <laughs> 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 you. <laughs> you have selected X-Men Legacy. <laughs> Your pick of the week is Chew. <laughs> oh, man. Nobody Starring uses... Tony Chew and Tony Chew. Nobody uses movie phone anymore, do they? I don't imagine. Website. Yeah, but does the phone number still exist? I, All I, I know is I, I called that number for four hours trying to get Phantom Menace tickets. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I, I, I got my tickets to the website. Anyway. 777-FILK. Uh, seven, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we are from the website iFanboy.com, not movie phone. Um, iFanboy.com is all about comic books where we read a bunch of comics every week. Uh, one of us deems one book as the pick of the week and writes a review of it on the website. And then we come here to the podcast to talk about it as well as all the other books that came out that week and, and hear what books you you're, you all in the iFan base have been enjoying. And it's a fun plethora of comic book discussion. Um, but before we get to the show, what is a plethora? <laughs> a quick reminder um, and a little bit of a warning. We're going to talk about what happens in the book. So we might, you know, some people consider that spoiling it. So we might mention what's going to, you know, specific events, specific twists and reveals and cliffhangers at the end of books. So if you haven't read your books, especially this week, press pause and come back later and listen. Um, but if you have, feel free to listen and enjoy the mayhem. So that, we, that said, uh, Josh has the pick and Josh blew it again. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm totally I know kidding. you are. <laughs> you keep you keep getting the the week where the big DC event comes out for the first time. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have picked a DC book by the way either. But anyway, but no, what I'm saying yeah, is yeah. he keeps it keeps happening. Yeah, I know. You, yeah, yeah I, I didn't actually realize it this time. But I I mean there was no there was I have no consternation about this. I have no uh, I'm like well maybe I should have but that wasn't that wasn't the way it went down. I picked Chew number twenty seven. Uh, if you've been uh, an avid viewer of the video show, you would have seen us talk to John Lehman and Rob Guillory, who only appear as a team by the way, uh, back in our San Diego coverage uh, last summer. And 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 he had mentioned that they were going to be doing this big skip forward in in not only time but in issues. It would it would we're going to come out with eighteen, and then after that issue twenty seven, and then after that back to nineteen, and it's going to make sense or not. And Which is uh, awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and and really that is the crux of like I got to the end of it and I was like, that's awesome, like that, and it and it worked because the, the thing was a lot of times I will pick up a comic book and I will start reading and the first page or so I'll be like I don't remember what was happening before and then then it clicks in and I'll know what it was uh, and with this one I started right away and I was like did I miss something and then I saw the little blurb at the bottom I was like oh I didn't but I sort of did like and, and I, it was just I thought it was really well done it actually tapped into sort of that feeling that I think a lot of comic readers get uh, if they read a bunch of titles and you know some gets delayed or you know you have other stuff you're paying attention to um, so what they did was it's a gimmick it totally is where they, they skipped forward a bunch of issues and there's a new status quo and they don't have to spend all that time explaining it and setting it up because presumably that will have happened 
Uh, I just got time mixed up in my head. Uh, that, that will have happened uh, in the course of the regular issues when they, they go back. Um, and it was really fun and well done. It's just well, uh, what, what I loved about it was that not only did they skip ahead, but they skipped ahead to part two of a five part yeah. story arc. Yeah, which is like it was, it was, it was a little one. extra. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, Chu, we've said it many times. Chu is the most inventive comic on the stands, and this continues that. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no other book like Chu out there that's willing to take these kind of risks. Do things that are outside the box. Have a lot of they have a lot of fun with the book, which yep. you know often feel like these guys are writing the book with a gun to their head. Um, but but Chu is just purely enjoyable, and this is tons just, of fun. You can pick this up and enjoy this without knowing anything about the characters. Totally, totally. Yeah, well, especially since most of the characters you know aren't in it, so it, yeah. it's a little easier. Uh, you know, we're 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 taking one Tony Chu for another Tony Chu. Uh, the, the sort of main character becomes his sister, whose name is also Tony, spelled differently. Uh, based on a different root name, uh, and, and she's apparently an agent now, uh, and, and the original Tony is in a is in a coma, and and we're just sort of thrown in the middle of this thing, and we brag back the idea of the chogs, which are chicken frogs, and these are uh, crossbred psychedelic chicken f- chicken chog ch- chogs. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and it's just it was just a really fun issue, and I'm kind of bummed now because I don't get to read 28 for a while <laughs> for at least uh, another year, right? Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and Connor actually really nailed it, is that this, this book is, is a lot of fun, and it's really imaginative, and there's, there's not a, a lot of books like that. And, 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 and such the point, like, at the same time, though, that there are all these wacky ideas and fun concepts, underneath it is still the root of a, of a well-told story and good characters. And, and it has that basis, so while it feels like you can sort of go off the rails a little bit, there's still a really strong foundation to hold everything down. Uh, you know, because there's also, there's no, there's no shortage of comics with wacky ideas in them. And if you... You know, you talk to a billion, uh, you know, comic fans who will be like, "Oh man, throw in a monkey, a robot, a pirate, and a ninja, and I'm there." And this is, I guess, sort of like a, a, a an actual good real world representation of something like that. Instead of using a bunch of cliches, they're just a bunch of um, like really original ideas. And you know, it's stuff that I I haven't seen anywhere else. I haven't. I can't, you certainly don't see it, uh, you know, outside of comics and and. Uh, and, and also just done this well, and I, and I it just makes you really happy that that people respond to it. Uh, you know, for an indie book, it's it does it does pretty well, and 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 people are really responding to it, and it's been going on for not twenty seven issues now, but but a lot of them. Fifteen issues, yeah. Well, and I think what's also the the reason why they made this work was because while it was like a jump ahead a year, you know, it jumps ahead at least a year, if not more, um, in the storyline. There, you know, it, it had. While there was really only one or two or three characters that we recognized, and there was a lot of new characters and new people that were introduced, um, it had concepts that were true to the vision of the book and true to the tone of the book, as well as even like as minim- as even as as minor as the flashback to Tony's sister when she was working at the International Telescope, which isn't the first time we've seen a remote location of people who go a little crazy. Yeah, no, yeah, too much you know, money and too much time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's definite uh, themes and overtures that have been consistent through the whole thing, yeah. which which really make it feel like one piece. Right. But again, again, Rob Guillory. Oh, so good. Is oh, big claps. Fantastic. The I loved the. I mean, you, we, we highlighted a, f- a panel on the the best panels feature, but there's a ton of great stuff in here, including the big doe eyes that Tony gives to her <laughs> boss when she wants to get her way, which I had never seen sort of represented that way before in a comic, and that's to me this is. This is it's just constantly proving that they'll try things you've never seen before. I mean, the very idea in the, in the modern market that a comic will skip ahead nine issues for no good reason and then we'll go backwards is crazy. Well, it, you know what it actually really reminds me of? And, and you guys will laugh, but it reminds me of back in the early days of Image when all the founders swapped each other's books. Yeah. 
when you know like Jim Lee did Savage Dragon and Eric Larson did Youngblood and like it was just a big mix up of of and and it, it was in continuity it, it it was you know they all recognized the issue and it was like and it was like a fun let's have fun with it kind of approach which you don't see that much anymore these days so well you know I, I was thinking about when I was writing about Rob Guillory is that. You know, the way that he does cartooning is just as valid as the way that, say, Jim Lee, for example, does cartooning. But because of, you know, the fact that 90, 95 percent of the market is superhero books and, and serious ones at that, like, you just don't get to see fun cartooning. And it is a completely valid side of, of comic book artists. You know, it's like it's just another who's way say, of who's doing saying it. That, who's saying that it's not? You just don't see it very much. So a oh, lot okay. of people I feel like don't you say, consider- I feel like you saying that is already putting him – you know what I mean? Like I, I would, I never. Well, there, there are yeah. certainly people who react to this book as if it should be drawn like Jim Lee. There certainly that certainly happens all the time. Yes, oh, really? and there there are fans who who you know like they can like good art and bad art. Well, good art has to be art that is heavily rendered and has excellent you know muscle right. tone and all that stuff. And it's not like I, I consider what Rob Guillory does here to be every bit as impressive as any of the best guys in the industry. No, no, this actually re- no, this reminds me of this reminds me a lot of the um, artistic style of like the old Monkey Island games. Um, the Secret of Monkey Island video games, not the not the first two, but like the third or the fourth one, and you know, while kind of like a video game kind of animation-y kind of thing, but it was still, you know, it's a way of cartooning, like you said, and it's so much fun. And it, I think, his style. I can't imagine this book by any other artist because I think his no. style is such a part of it. You know, but you know, you, you'll get guys who are who are fan favorite artists. You know, people like, oh well, you know, Frank Quitely or 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 Steve McNiven. You know, they they consider them at the top of you know top of the industry, and they go those those pages that you are great. You know, and, and these pages are just as good. Yeah, is my point. And, and like his skill is right up there with all of them. It's just a different style of it. And uh, yeah. I I, just, I would love to see more of this kind of thing. Yeah, you know, so, so there's, does, there's does, she a, does she have a power? Uh, she looks. It looks like, and I don't when know she, if they named she bit the dude. it. Yeah, when she, she bites things. She seems to be able to see the future of 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 that person or right. thing that she's biting, as opposed to Tony, who sees the, the past. past. Yeah, which would make sense then. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I um, love that she was an agent of NASA. That was just, you, yeah. you glossed over that, but yeah, that was great. I mean, like the fact that she dressed like Tony, and but it's not the FDA; it's NASA. That was hysterical. Yeah. So I love that yeah. all these minor agencies that have these like r- ridiculous federal powers in this book. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and it's the same environment, like the angry boss, you know, and the yelling. At, you know, I mean, it's the same scenario, just with the girl, with the sister, which is hysterical. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, great stuff. It, yeah. It was. It, it, I mean, this book conti- again. It, it, uh, the only thing I worry about you is that it suffers from the why the last man syndrome and the you know like where it's just every issue is so good. Well, the the you know. way that you get away from that, though, is that uh, a lot of the issues have something in them that's unique yeah. that, that does make that stand out. I mean, we've made it pick of the week a few times at this point, and it's because each one – and it wasn't like, you know, like, it was good again. Like, there's something about each one that stands out, like, because they're pushing the boundaries and they're trying to put, it, you know, something unique in it as often as possible. Yeah. Cool. So that's the savior. So, um, so the big the big event of the week was DC finally unveiled Flashpoint. And now, Connor, did you read the Flash first or Flashpoint first? No, I read Flashpoint first. Okay, I read Flash first. Even though you're supposed you're supposed to read Flash first, I didn't it didn't really end up mattering in the end. Yeah. So I mean, I, I got Which, Flashpoint first, and I thought people were already talking about it. I, just, I decided to read it before I got spoiled because the the there's a big twist at the end, and people we're going to talk about it in a second. But people were talking about the twist online. Yep. I didn't want that to get spoiled, so I, I just jumped right into Flashpoint without reading Flash oh, first, yeah, which was I, it didn't it didn't make a difference. At the end yeah, of the no, day. it didn't make a I mean, I feel like Flash twelve um, really kind of you know it set it set up the it set up the beginning of Flashpoint, but you didn't need to read it, which is how let's it get Flash twelve out of the way yeah. first though, because there's less to say probably. I think um, again we talked about this last time. The really disappointing thing is as, as great as Collins was, 
in the past. His, his new style does not fit this book. Yeah, it just it's, it's sad. There was there was one panel that like really was really bizarre. It was um, Barry and Bart talking to each other. It was mm-hmm. after it was after um, Zoom killed uh, Future Barry Allen. Right. Um, and basically what happens is that Future Barry Allen thought that Bart was the anomaly, but turns out it was Zoom. And we find out that Zoom has, has uh, mastered the speed force and now can alter his age. Um, and, can, and appearance, really. Yeah. He becomes a shapeshifter. Yeah. So, and, and really and – it's, and it's the first mention of this concept that honestly like I feel kind of idiot, an idiot for not realizing because I've heard Jeff Johns talk about this at panels and in our interviews and in, in interviews and stuff like that. Um, you know, he, he's really fascinated by the idea of time. Yeah, and this was the revelation that speed force isn't about going really fast; it's about the manipulation of time, um, right. which is kind of awesome. Which I love that kind of thing. But so there's that page where it's kind of all dark and dreary, and and uh, Barry's holding dead dead uh, alternate reality Barry Allen's helmet, and there's one panel where they drew he drew Bart and Barry, but they're it was just their costumes; there are no faces. Yeah, I was like, is that is that stylistic, or did was that is that on purpose? Like, I, like it was really weird. Well, it's stylistic. It's supposed to be shadowy, yeah. but I yeah. just, it d- doesn't fit. Yeah. It just makes it worse when they've got you've got a brief manipulation scene in the middle. Oh, that thought he threw me off. I was like, because all of a sudden I'm like, whoa! I'm like, Collins got really good, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, this is Manipul. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so basically, the thing is, is we find uh, that Zoom is going to screw with Barry by playing with time. Cut to Flashpoint number one, which is where yeah. Barry wakes up and finds his life is. Not what he remembers. He wakes up having napped in the in the CSI room to find his his reality has changed around him. The world the world is different. Um, he's no he's the only one that remembers. I guess the old DC reality, which yeah. is what the, the event is in Flashpoint. Now, I'm sure we're going to have a very wildly differing opinion on the story, but I think we can all agree that the the Andy Kubert art, which I was looking forward to because I like Andy Kubert, was all over the map. All over the map. I think at times it looked like Bagley. Yep. I think at times it, it looked, looked like Jim like Lee. Jim Lee. I think I, if you had told me there was eight eight different inkers on this, I would have believed you. Yeah. Um, no. No. Literally, it was. It was. It, that's. It's funny that you bring that up because there's one inker. Uh, Sam, yeah. That's Sandra Hope. Surprised. Yeah. But what was fascinating was that throughout the book, I was like, "Oh, that looks like Jim Lee. Oh, that looks like Bagley. Oh, that looks like McFarlane." Like it was like weird, like like aping of styles all over the place, and it was like I don't know if he intended that or or what, but it was just like there was very little to no consistency with the artwork. It was wildly inconsistent, yeah. and you you would get occasionally great Hubert stuff. Yeah, I mean I love the two page the two page shot of Batman swinging over the city, and I loved a lot of stuff in the middle, but there was too much of just wild variation in the way characters looked. Barry looked different from t- from scene to scene. Yep. There was that one weird close-up of his face that looked like uh, Joe Quesada. Yeah, it just didn't look like just didn't look like Kubert at all. It was just it was bizarre. Yeah. Um, hopefully, that's not some sort of meta commentary on the changing <laughs> appearance of people. And yeah, it's not I a don't purpose. Know. I, yeah, I don't know. Which scene does he look like Joe Quesada in? There's a there's a close-up of his face. It's all in shadow when he. Uh, I'm looking for it right now. This is great radio. Um, <laughs> when he. Uh, all right, it's it's when he goes with his mother and they go to see Iris and he he sees Iris as a husband or a boyfriend or something, <laughs> and it's a really tight shot of his face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it looked like a side of drawing. It didn't look like. I mean, you th- no, not, not oh, the character. <laughs> I thought you were saying he looked like Joe Casada. Oh, what, oh. what you actually said makes a lot more sense. <laughs> and I, I, you know, that's my bad. Yeah. I, I really was hoping to see that. I, was like, I thought this, Josh. I thought the same thing. I'm like, he drew it to look like Casada. <laughs> oh, that panel looks like Casada's art. So it was. Yes. I thought the thing I thought 
we had a sure thing in was the art from Andy Kubert, who yeah. is yeah. a veteran. He's a he's a very popular artist. He's he's a really good artist, and that was the most surprising thing to me. Now I know we're gonna disagree, but I really enjoyed the heck out of the story. I'm number one, huge fan of alternate reality stories. When when reality gets schismed, when there's Elseworlds tales, I'm yep. always a big fan of. Everything has changed. Like the Wonder Woman story now I'm enjoying. Everything has changed. You've got to find a way to get back or you've got to figure out why things are different or just enjoying the different takes on characters. I, I really enjoyed all that stuff. Um, and to me, this was a lot of fun and I was really looking forward to, to the next issue. We'll, we'll talk about the, the, so, the twist in a second. But so we'll, we'll yeah, so, so now, now from my point of view, I'm right there with you. You know how much I love The Nail, like JLA The Nail, and I love all the great you know kind of um, – uh, I love The Age of Apocalypse with X-Men and stuff like that. But for me, something about this felt a little short, and I don't know if it was. And I thought Paul, who wrote a review on iFanboy.com of it, I thought he nailed it with the he nailed it with the the kind of thing where if you need to explain what's going on, then you're not doing it right, you know. And I almost feel as if there was like a lot of explain, like it was it was very much this is the first issue and this is what you need to know. It, and well, it I think felt that was a lot a, like Crisis. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a a, on purpose, and I think it was a good move because. The, you can tell from the way they're marketing this book. They're in CNN. They're in USA Today. They're not really in the comics media. That yeah. They're trying to get people who haven't read comics in a while or have never read them at all reading this. And now we can talk about whether that's successful or not for another day, but that seems to be their intent. So yeah. if that's their intent and I hand this book to someone who's never read a Flash book or hasn't been reading Flash in 10 years, then that style of writing is necessary. And that's another re- – I mean we can make fun of that style of writing, but when Crisis yeah. wrote that, comics sold 10 times as many comics as they did now. Yeah. So what style is actually better in the end? Maybe, but yeah. I don't think that – if you, I mean it depends on the audience that you're trying to attract though. And for me, like, like this, this just feels like, like a, a version of what comics were and how they have done things traditionally and sort of plays into the idea that – comic books are, are written with a ton of explication and is none of the sort of subtlety that I think that, that the creators have sort of mastered over the years. Uh, it, it, feels like, it feels like a throwback. It feels like, to me, it felt like something that I have read before, if not in, in, exact, uh, in, in exactness, but at least in style. And, and I, I was really hoping for something, I guess, new or different. Now, I didn't feel that at all. It just felt like, this is, oh, this is one of these stories. Yeah. Uh, um, and and I, I wanted to be wowed, and I was like, "All right." Yeah, no, that's the thing. I was I, the thing is, I wasn't I wasn't wowed at all. I wasn't blown away, but I definitely saw the potential. Um, yes, I I loved. I, I, and the thing is, what I love about that is I love the different takes on characters, and so like I love the the Shazam being broken. Those up. were that was a fantastic yeah. idea. Genius breaking it up. You know, each of the letters being tied to an individual kid. Like that was that was great. Um, you know, I thought it was funny. Avin Sir looks a lot like the movie Avin Sir. Um, <laughs> you know, which was cool. I, I you know I always love Cold. I always love seeing Wesley Dodds. Um, the characters who I didn't know who they were or couldn't map back to DC. I hated. Like I got really frustrated. Like I spent a yeah, lot. I didn't. I didn't worry about that because I figure either you're gonna find out or it's not. It doesn't make a big right. Yeah, no, I know. But the, but I'm just saying for what my point of view, my, my what I'm going into it. I would like mm-hmm. the, like the 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 outsider. Like I, I I was racking. I'm like, who's this supposed to be? And you know, and like, well, and it was you know. And I thought they were talking about Batman. I thought it was like Batman and the Outsiders. You know. Um. So I don't know. I, I, the thing is, I, I'll, of course, I'm gonna keep reading it. You know, because because this matters. Um. But. Uh, you know, like I, you know, it didn't. It wasn't like, oh my god, blow, you know, blow my mind. Like I, I gave it probably like a solid, like three and a half, probably. I, and I, I, I just think if you're trying to attract a new audience, this is still playing constantly on the tropes of what we already know. It's a shock that here's the spoiler, by the way. It's a shock that it's not Bruce Wayne, it's Thomas Wayne. But if these are new things to you, 
then what does that really mean? What sort of impact does that actually have? Like it, a story should have its own impact, and this is relying well, that, on everyone history. knows who Batman is. So right, if, but, I hadn't, my, if I hadn't said anybody who's never read a Batman comic, they're going to know it's a big deal that his father is Batman and not he's Batman because everyone's seen the movie and everyone knows the, the character. But I if you don't know if I could have told you, I, I don't know if I could have told you Batman's father's name before like 2005. Exactly. But yeah. that's that's five years ago. I'm not handing the comic to anybody in 2004. I'm handing it to him now in 2011. No, but I'm saying that's me. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Any, I'm not sure I could hand this to somebody on the street and be like, "What's Batman's father's name?" Mm-hmm. They'll find out in the story. I mean, it's 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 all but laid out. Did, but this is the end of the first issue. So if you get to the end of the first issue and you're like, "Okay, what is okay? What does that matter?" I mean, you can have a passing knowledge of it, but it's not going to have the same impact. Well, yeah. no, that's, it's, it's obviously not going to have the same impact as you will in a comic fan. But it's, I'm saying the idea that it's not going to have any impact is ridiculous. I, I mean, the fact that it's not Bruce Wayne does have some impact, but uh, yeah, but, but and and it was a and I and when I, when I turned the page and I saw that I'm like, oh it's Thomas Wayne like I went ooh you know like I got the right reaction on me, but um, I just don't know how how much it carries to a mainstream audience. I, I, I well, I mean, that, again, that's a different discussion. I don't think it's actually going to make it to a mainstream audience, but I see that's yeah. their intent to do it. Yeah. And so I understand why they do it, did it the way they did it. But yeah. whether or not it's successful, we'll find out later. Which you know, knowing knowing the way things work, this probably won't be right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Alrighty, everyone's, wow. try, everyone's, everyone's trying to chase civil war, which is what, what it, it's, it's never going to happen. Right on both on both sides. Yeah. Well, we saw those fear itself numbers in April. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh. So, so, so I, mean, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell of it. I'm looking forward to what it brings. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be it's going to have a bigger impact than people realize. Definitely think it's definitely. I mean, it it, it uh, you know like we'll see once the miniseries start rolling out. We'll see once we get you know. And this is only this is a five issue series, so this is gonna take us yeah. through the summer and then come fall. August it ends in August. Yeah. yeah, and then we'll see we'll see what happens come the fall. But it definitely it definitely is curious. I'm, I'm my curiosity's peaked. That's for sure. So, um, but yeah, man, Kubert, all over, like the cover, like the cover looks like a Jim Lee cover. It was bizarre. Yeah, really it was really bizarre. bizarre. Mark Silvestri cover. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, well. For me personally, and admittedly, I get caught up in the Marvel hype and stuff like that. But FF number three was totally my pick of the week because it was it it, it was pretty good. It was it was really good. It was uh, and it was funny because before I read my comics, I saw some I saw a post on Twitter that Hickman made, and it was just like, you know, I've been working on this book since five, whatever issue number. It's all coming. You know, it's this is where it's going towards. Like something along so those lines. I forget what exactly what he said, and it was you know. So we we. We see uh, the FF going out and inviting all of uh, Reed Richards's and the Fantastic Four's key kind of uh, uh, villains or arch nemesises, inviting them to come to a symposium to discuss how to defeat Reed Richards, which is which awesome. Which is awesome, and it turns out because the the League of Reeds is back and that they're they're cooking up something that's going to destroy the Earth, and so it's going to be up to the, the FF to stop them. And I love the League of Reeds. I love the League of Reeds that are left. I just, uh, I, I, it's uh, revisiting that first story arc from F- Fantastic Four and seeing it, and not only that, but having it tie into all of the previous story arcs. You know, whether it's the the New Inhumans or Old Atlantis and all that, all this sort of stuff. It all starts tying in together with this issue. And as a continuity nerd, and as a you know, someone's been enjoying this since Hickman's first issue. It was uh, giggling throughout the entire thing. It was awesome. You you loved Cyclops Reed, didn't you? Yeah, he was pretty cool. <laughs> I actually, you know who I like? I actually like Star Trek Reed the best with the, yeah, with, no, the with the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is fan, this is great stuff. Yeah, um, it continues. It wasn't as quite as good as the first two, but it was it was still continued to be really really, really good. Oh, it was I great. thought it was a, it was a really nice collection of, of scenes and, and little little bits with with everybody. You know that like uh, Connor, you actually I had I had meant to do a best weekend panels of the same one that you picked, so I was glad that you picked it too because it was just like damn that is yeah. 
that note is a wonderful moment. And I, I love I love the wizard talking to the aim guys. And I mean, like it just like he totally got all the interactions with the various with the various characters and like and and t- talk about the widespread of people that they invited. You know, the high evolutionary to you know the wizard to Diablo. Like it was like you know there were some surprises in there. I didn't expect some stuff. And then when it took the, so that's the first half of the book. And then when it takes the turn, um, you know, after the watcher reveals himself. Um, uh, <laughs> that's when you know oh yeah. oh yeah exactly oh and um and then it takes the turn and you see the you know we, we find out what valeria did and what she found out and how she found out about the league of reeds and what they're doing then like it was almost it was almost two stories um and yeah it's totally setting up the next couple issues but i oh i loved it it was so much fun so this is still one of the best books too yeah this is this is a week where a lot of the good the best books of comics came out including yeah. batman incorporated number six from Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham, who is uh, one of the reg- new regular artists on the book. And we talked to him in the Don't Miss show earlier in the week about this very issue. And then this one, um, Josh, I'm not, I'm not the only one still reading this, am I? No, no, I am reading it. I, um, I, my only thought about this issue was that like this felt – why wasn't this the first issue? It's a good question. It, seems sort of, it sort of came out of the Batman The Return yeah. Uh, special that came out before the series started, which was basically Bruce gathering all of his troops together into be- his massive you know, army. Be- because so far the first five issues have been, you know, we we start off in Japan and then we're in Argentina without really explaining. I mean, it's sort of vaguely, but this felt a lot more like setting up all the pieces and doing it a lot more, you know, just efficiently. And I, it was a, it was a little bit of a bring together the team kind of issue and, and saying where we were, and and I really liked it for that. I think if you haven't read this series or if you dropped off, you could come back on to six without a problem and not have read the first five. It's totally easily. Beginning of the story issue. Um, I love the gleeful, not glee, gleeful is probably too strong, but I love the Bruce Wayne is having fun with Batman Incorporated. I love the fact that he was on a chat room mm-hmm. on the internet spreading rumors about Batman and he was having a good time doing it, keeping, every, you know, keeping everyone off their toes. And, and just the, I love the, the, in, the inventiveness of all these different characters and the, and the Batman yeah. all over the world and the uh, Joe Average from Pennsylvania. Oh, that was fantastic. That was like, that was a wonderful villain. That was Joe totally Evans. a Grant Morrison villain. Yep. Yeah, no, totally. I really like the scene. It was very brief, but there was a scene with uh, Tim and Bruce talking, so we're still partners because they've got each other. And it's like, yeah, of course, you know. It, it was just a, a nice... Like, this week's Red Robin, which they teamed up together. Yeah. So it was, it's a nice thing to keep that going. I just, this should have happened earlier. This should have been... I, this really, I really think this should have been the first issue. It, it doesn't make sense to me that it wasn't. But, um, hey, what do I know? That guy's a genius. So jump back on if you haven't left or if, you, if you're curious. Corporate Six is a great starting point. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, X Men Legacy number two forty eight uh, dealt with the aftermath of the Age of X event, which ultimately, in in all, you know, a, a very similar to you know Flashpoint, and then it's an alternate reality, and you know, it's very Age of Apocalypse kind of, and it was nice. It wasn't, you know, it was it was well done. It wasn't amazing. It didn't change anything. It didn't matter. What was um, the whole point of it? Uh, it, it basically, uh, Legion uh, Xavier's son's personalities went crazy, and they made a new personality that was Moira with powers, and she pulled everybody in and made them think they lived in this world, and that's and now they're all dealing with the fact that that happened. Um, but the, the Flashpoint the, world? No, not the Flashpoint world. Uh, Joe Casada's world. Um, oh. But the important, the reason why we're talking about here in in the longer version is because one of the characters that was in the Age of Apocalypse, not in the Age of Apocalypse. The Age of X world uh, was Rachel Summers or Marvel Girl, who, if you remember, is in space with Havoc and Polaris. Wait a minute. Exactly. And uh-huh. now that they're all back to normal, there's an astral projection of her. She's stuck here. Basically, what ha- they explained what happened was that at the moment of Legion starting the Age of X world, 
Rachel was reaching out to Emma and Xavier in an attempt to try to send them a message because of something that was going on in space. And that moment, Legion tapped onto her, like, you know, psychic kind of thing and made her a part of that world. And so now her astral portion is separated from her body wherever it is in space. And she's having this conversation with Cyclops. And basically, Cyclops approves the mission to, you know, he convenes the science team and starts the mission to go find Havoc, Polaris, and Marvel Girl. Finally! <laughs> your, all your questions will be answered. You can finally, yes. I, I, I literally, it's 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 two pages. Yeah, no, maybe four pages total of conversation, and, and not not even four. Two pages with Marvel Girl and Cyclops, and I like yelled. I was like, finally, Havoc and Polaris are coming back. You can stop asking them at the cons where the Havoc and Polaris are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sir, you in the, in the Flash T-shirt. Hi, Ron Richards. Yeah. I. Uh... Where are Havoc and Polaris? Well, you heard me ask Kieran when I interviewed him for Uncanny. I'm like, do you yeah. know where Havoc and Polaris are? Like, it's... <laughs> I did. He was not wrong. Talk about the dangling. I mean, no, I mean, dangling plotline that they just left hanging there for years. So, um, clearly they're in the they're in Scarlet Witch's closet. Yeah. Now, no. Oh, you beat me. Took it back. Now the Scarlet Witch closet stands alone. Yeah. So anyway, so that's why X Men Legacy number two forty eight was a big deal for X Men fans. If you've been curious about where Havoc and Polaris is, go to your comic store, pick up this issue, read these pages, check it out. You can see the beginning of this, and I'm really curious to see, you know, where you know where this adventure is going to go from, whether it's going to be in this book or another book or whatever. So, um, and the, the issue ended with uh, Magneto and Rogue chatting again, and, and it's like, oh, you're going to go back to that well. But uh. <laughs> Josh, take uh, your ass to Mars. So, in the light week thing that we do on Tuesdays, we do it every day, where one of us picks a book that you you may or may not know about to, to maybe think about adding to your stack. I put. Total Recall number one from Dynamite. Which I was surprised by. I like Total Recall a lot. It's a fun yeah. movie. I could say two weeks to you right now and you'd be like, two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> exactly. it's, it sticks with you. It's, yeah. uh, from our, it's from that exact right point in our childhood. And it's exactly that, that, kind of, was, that right movie. That was the first R-rated movie I saw in the movie theater that I snuck into with my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, you know what? Let's try it. You know what? There's a good chance this isn't going to be good because a lot of times these kind of books aren't good. But let's try it. Let's see what happens. It's a big the big possibility of things that they could get right. Yep. I'm shocked anyone was paid for this. <laughs> wow. I don't remember the last time that I gave something one star, but I, wow. I barely got through this thing. It was so just Do you feel bad about the uh, about suggesting it in the light week now or Well, I can't, you can't you can't know, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, true, I, yeah. I I was like, let's try this. Give you know? It a shot. Yeah. Try it. It's Here's, a risk. Here it is. You make your choice, yeah. friends. Uh it just just masses of word balloons and explanations and and ju- ugh, art that that you know kind of does the job but then a coloring on top of it that is is not not a professional quality so, there's one point where a panel was literally cut and pasted from the bottom of one page to the top of the next page it was exactly the same and i was like geez. come on so did you um uh does the does the book pick up after the movie before the movie where does directly it- immediately after the last movie Remember, the the oxygen is released and his eyes bulge out like large Marge and all of a sudden there is an atmosphere on Mars and they kiss and everything is great and that is where we we meet them. Uh, March 15th, 2084, Mars outside the Pyramid Mines. Mars. Uh, There is is one page where it's a full page uh, uh, shot of of sort of a business guy in a tie and there are – no shit – 16 word balloons. Wow. Big ones, not little ones like done for dramatic effect. 16 blocks of text on this one panel page. And I just looked at it. I was like, who the fuck is going to So this is that? like turf. It, uh, yeah. I never oh, read wow. Yeah. It was really, I was like, this is just amateur kind of stuff all the way through. And 
you know, there's a lot you can do with this. And I realize that there is some legwork that has to be done with explaining where we are and everything. But wow, it was. Uh, I'm, I won't be reading the second issue. Is my point? So how, is it ongoing or mini or what is it? I'm not sure. Looks like it doesn't. It doesn't say. It says number one. It doesn't say one of. So does this? Does this dash my hopes for a uh, Total Recall sequel or? No, they're doing a reboot. Are they doing a reboot? There. Reboot's yeah. not the same sequel though. Yeah, true. They're doing a uh, reboot. Man. Uh, yeah. So it had. Well, you know. So it happened. Quattro. Yeah, it happened. It was a comic book. But hey, sometimes you gotta you gotta you gotta give it a shot. You never know. Could've I do been, not regret it. Yeah, I actually I like I regret nothing that you can just sort of rip into every once in a while and just go. I'm, you know what? I'm sorry. This is not this is not professional quality work. We're used to, we're used to a professional quality work enough that who are the creators? I'm sorry if you've uh, uh, I uh, Vince Moore and someone else I don't know. Oh, that's painful. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was not. It was, let's move on. I wonder how much that Total Recall option costs. I don't know. I mean, it could, it, whatever, you know. it could have been so cool, and I wanted to have fun reading it and being like, get your ass to Moss over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and pulling that thing out of your nose and Quaid. <laughs> that, that movie is fantastic. I love that yes, movie. Yes, creepy that, baby Quato, three boobs. That movie, Yeah, that movie had everything going for it, everything. Whenever we yeah. have to go through the scanner in the airport, I think of their scanner and <laughs> Puerto Rico. Yeah. Why couldn't and they have long, that one? I don't need to be holding my hand up. Like in yeah. Two weeks. Rick. Surprise. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> right? See, everyone's excited right now. Yeah, That's totally, totally excited. Like yeah, yeah. And I read it. I kind of want to watch it now. Yes, you do. I did, buy the, I did buy the special edition DVD that came in the metal tin in the shape of Mars. Huh? Uh-huh. So I don't like The shape it. of I, Mars? I, yeah. It's like I a, didn't get it because you couldn't put it on the shelf at all. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I've regretted the purchase ever since. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Let's you, watch Kobe. that and then Running Man. Yeah, oh, Running Man. Running Man I too. did buy. Yeah, Running Man is Just, great does not hold up as well as you might hope. <laughs> I just watched it about two weeks ago. It was on TV. It's Richard so much- Dawson, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stabs him in the back with a pen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Stephen King story, right? Yeah. Yes. Very Richard Bach. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Wow. See how happy the concept makes us? It's like that Jurassic Park comic book. <laughs> just all over everything. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then, <laughs> this is a great time to talk about giving away good comic books, right, Connor? Yes, we're doing a, a May giveaway from iFanboy members. If you may have seen this on iFanboy.com, we've talked about it in the last couple of shows. Uh, this week, we're giving away two Image Comics prize packs. Winners will be announced at the end of the show. Last week, we gave away two indie bo- prize packs, so a bunch of indie books. And then after that, we're giving away some Earth's Might- Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes DVDs, and we're giving away some Thor Fandango gift cards. Courtesy of Fandango, right? Yes, so now that Thor has come out, hopefully you all saw it and enjoyed it and bought your tickets on Fandango. But don't forget, you can still buy tickets to see Thor again or any other movie out on Fandango. Um, and the, the Fandango has given us uh, four $25 gift cards, Thor limited edition uh, Thor photos on the on them. So you can get a picture of Thor or Mjolnir or whatever you might like might want. Um, and those gift cards can be used to buy tickets to any movie, not just Thor. Um, so with X-Men First Class coming up, make sure you get to Fandango and order your tickets in advance. Those don't miss out on that first screening. Um, Fandango is your place to get movie tickets online. So, um, And in order to win any of the great giveaways, you got to be a member. So go to ifanboy.com slash store where you can sign up for a membership. And uh, we will announce the winners at the end of this show. Exciting. Cross your fingers. It might be you. Yes. Now everyone needs to calm down. Still walking? And release. Now bring the hounds back in that you've released. Okay. Superman loves America again. Oh, really? He's back? He's back on the America train. He's still walking America, but he loves it as well. So everyone who freaked out about him renouncing his citizenship in that 
little one-shot story that will never be referenced again in Action Comics 900. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of this issue, he gives a nice little soliloquy about how great America is. Yep. Wow, I didn't see that coming at all. Interesting. Actually, I did. I uh, in this out. issue, he's in Las Vegas, and he loses all his money at the craps table, and then he, no, he... <laughs> uh, I was, that was like, no. No, that would have been <laughs> awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that story a lot. Like, he he's, up, he, he just goes, all right, you know what, one, one more. I, I can get this back, I can get this back, and, like, he just goes on a, on a bender. I want to see that story. He yeah. keeps calling Bruce for a, a, a loan. Yeah, come on, you know, I'm good, you know I'm good for it, come on. <laughs> Bruce is, like, on a reporter's salary? Um... <laughs> <laughs> so in this issue, he he runs into Livewire in Las Vegas, and her her powers are electric, electricity based, and she's her powers are overloading her, making her go crazy. So he flies back to Metropolis, which feels like cheating, or fly, flies to the Fortress of Solitude. Which feels like comes, cheating. <laughs> comes back to Las Vegas, grabs his with his old awful electric blue suit that he wore briefly in the nineties. Oh, nice! And gives her the suit, puts it on her, it fits her somehow. By the way, that wasn't that briefly. By the way, that was years. I, I, in my in my head, it's briefly. I like the blue suit. Yep. Um, and then she wears it as that's her new suit. Now she wears the suit to control her electric powers. And that was basically the, the S story. on then, it. Well, yeah, but then she changes it to an L with her powers, which apparently also work on cl- cloth, which makes change well, the L. Well, was that suit actually cloth or was that suit some sort of, you know, mat- conductive material? It's a conductive material. Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, so. yeah, I felt like she was in every episode of the animated series. Yeah, she was. She, she was really annoying. was. Yeah. I was, and, oh, it was awful. Her and fucking Metallo. And I like no, Malcolm Matt McDowell. Was great. He was, but they overused him. Yeah, maybe, but that show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So then, at the end, he lets her go instead of bring her in, despite all the property damage she's caused, and that that's what causes this soliloquy about how great second chances are, and you're innocent until proven guilty, and all this stuff about that's great about you America. You can wreck a major American city, cause millions or even billions in damages, and I will give you a second chance with my autonomy. I guess that's does make sense. We've all made mistakes. We get a second chance. That's what makes America great. That's what Superman says. All right. All right. Good. Good. All right, Superman. Yay! So, all so, all so, is this, so is the national nightmare over now, or no, 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 July at least? Oh God! Fox thought, Fox News will be doing a follow up on this, right? No. In July, the July solicits he's 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 hits Portland, so I assume unless <laughs> he's why he's gonna he's gonna go to Portland to play kickball. Yes, on his <laughs> on his uh, bike with no gears. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna he's gonna get a lebret piercing, and then he's gonna fucking <laughs> white belt. He's gonna he's gonna get a new suit. It's organic. <laughs> it's capes organic. It's made of hemp. Oh god, that's so funny. Oh, where's Superman's shoes? He's not he's not wearing them anymore. <laughs> and, and then get a job in comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's really funny. It's been two years of been written now, Josh. Yeah, it has. This was uh, the the last one was the crazy Mister Bun adventure of the stuffed uh, rabbit, uh, sort of off the off the main thing, and then this is. Uh, Coming back, getting the troops back together, and, and sort of uh, get, getting back on track for for moving forward. Uh, just a, a really fun issue. Basically, uh, um, Tommy's been gone for three months in the in the in the stories that he was trapped in, and and he came back and he meets Lizzie and and his his and finds out about why his other buddy's a vampire now. And uh, you know they they go to steal some things, and then the bad guys reveal themselves, and and we you know Tommy's like evolved. I f- I feel like this is hitting. Where it's I don't know if it's Act Two, but it's it's definitely like an act change. Uh, that now, it, but then another villain reveals themselves, and and it was good. It was a re, it was again a really fun issue. Like it's one of these for whatever reason I don't look forward to this book, but when I read it, I enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, yeah, this book. I think sometimes when, when, it, when interview Mike Carey, you should open with that line. <laughs> Every, you surprise me because I always think I don't want your book anymore, and then I do. So, <laughs> 
I don't know what that says about you. It's good in the end, but it doesn't sound it. Yeah. I quite enjoy it when I read it in trade. Yeah, no. Ron, tell the people what was awesome this week. Starboard number six was awesome. Was possibly my like my runner up to pick of the week this week. Um, Chris Roberson, Carrie, uh, Carrie Randolph, and Stan Lee, apparently. Uh, this science fiction story is awesome, and it took a great twist at the end, which I didn't see coming, which I was like, oh, this is genius. Didn't see coming, and it makes the story about 100 times more interesting. Exactly, exactly. Great. Basically, the main character who we've been following, the writer from Earth, who finds out that the things that he was writing about are actually real. He's in space, and he finds out that he's actually from space, and he's been part of this whole, you know, this whole kind of legacy. And he gets this gauntlet, and he gets, he gives him this armor and his powers, and people react to him because it turns out that his dad, to quote uh, the last panel, uh, his dad was Space Hitler. You don't <laughs> yeah, want to he, be Space Hitler. Yep. He, fi- he finds out that he's, you know, he this whole time he's been, he's been on the run from these aliens. He's been protected by these, this this elite guard of troops and. He's the heir to the you know to the leadership of this race, so we find out the that superior, they're not the good guys. Yeah. yeah, they're actually the they're the bad guys, and he's the this base son of space Hitler is what he says. Um, the, his gauntlet is like the is like a swastika symbol to the whole you know universe. Yeah, and people, what, what I love is the, the language that these. So the symbol is like a big fist. And yeah. and uh, the the woman who's been helping him, she's explaining. She's like, you know, your father ruled with an iron fist, but it was in people's best interest. Um, without him, the human race would have been subject to the whims of the lesser races. Yeah, <laughs> she's like a tiny. She's like a little cute Himmler. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it really turned the whole story in its head and made it so much more interesting. I mean, it was really fun before, but now it's like really good. Yeah, because the the dude and the dude said it. I mean, in the narration, he's like, he's like, I thought I would be like a, a you know. You know, I'm not the spacefaring adventurer. I'm not the hero come to rescue the space princess. I'm the son of space Hitler, which is awesome. So I like that. I like that it turns the conventions of you. You're constantly used to seeing the big scary monsters and going, "Well, those must be the bad guys." Yep. And and they 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 set you up for that for a while and then slammed you down. Yeah. Oh, it's great. He's totally. basically wearing a swastika on his fist the entire time. Yeah, without knowing it. And that's why everyone freaks out when they see him and all this. Oh, it's great. Uh, genius. So Chris Roberson, good job, man. So and and of course it still had the 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 awesome little uh, flashback on the front uh, like the the dot pitch kind of I love when they uh, yeah. this this book is really inventive in both art and story and you know and Carrie Randolph and 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 Mitch Gerard's on color like they do a great job on it so um, pick pick this up it's only six issues in yeah seriously go back and pick it all up it's really good so um cool now fear itself you now fear itself I can finally I've, I've been now, waiting to talk about fear itself I had the whole transition ready and then no two. Yeah, sorry. Two uh, two things about this. One, Mike Norton back at Marvel, which is always oh, good nice. to see, and and not only back at Marvel, but drawing Gravity, his uh, the, the character him and McKeever created, um, which is always awesome. But reading this issue, and I picked it up because Norton was back, and I want you know, and I want to see how he did. It made me realize that by <laughs> dropping Avengers: The Initiative all those years ago, there is a whole grouping of characters in the Marvel universe I know nothing about. Just- yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> And this book is all about those people, and I'm like, I don't know who these people are. I don't know what their story is. I don't. There's one point where um, where Pro- Will Shoebox get to back together with Crankshaft? Yeah, what? <laughs> no, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> this is GI Joe. There's uh, there's one scene. Well, the, the premise is basically is that you know due to fear itself, all the heroes are strapped, and so Steve Rogers reaches out to Prodigy, who is one of the um, remember the Spider remember strap. They have guns? No, no. Remember the '90s when uh, Spider-Man disappeared and the four, like the reign of the uh, Sp- Rick- Spider-Man happened? Oh yeah. Remember that one of them was Prodigy, and and so Ricochet and and so it goes back to Pro- yeah, it goes back to Prodigy who is working for the government and says, well, "I need you to lead. You know, I need you to you know call heroes and call you know tap you know tap into the uh, initiative and and pull together heroes." And so there's one two-page spread where he's recruiting them in Washington D.C. and there's all these people, 
And aside from Firestar, Gravity, and Rage, I don't know, and and the Order, the guys in the Order were there in the background. I don't know who any of these people are. Like Thor Girl, really? Is she has is she has Guardian? I, I know uh, nothing the, about these people. It's just you're asking it, the wrong people. Yeah, so I, I just I just <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just thought it was really funny that like me, Marvel guy, I'm like like Red Nine, Ultra Girl, Thor Girl, Stunt Master. I was like, who are these people? It's like, I think they're GI Joe. I know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, interesting. So <laughs> you want to talk about something that that isn't happening in any other comic book? Uh, it's pretty easy to talk about Northlanders number forty. I think. Uh, Right down to the cover, if you look, the name of the story is much bigger than the the logo of the of the book itself. Yeah, yeah. What blew me What blew me away about Northlanders was uh, somehow uh, it's either it's it's got to be a combination of Brian Wood and Will Dennis, but they the artist they put on this book, yeah, Matthew Woodson, and we did a we did a profile of him on on the site recently. Th- this guy's the real. This guy's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like the, the art blew me away in this issue. I- I, this is you know looking at it right now what is this is actually exactly the opposite of what I was talking about in that Total Recall book is that he's just letting it breathe. There's no words when they don't need to be words, you know, which fits for the story. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. some some stories need a lot of words, but and and I, I it's possible some readers would look at a book like this and be like, I just read it in ten minutes. What was the point? But to me, this was like the essence of what makes graphic storytelling interesting. Yeah, uh, beautiful and 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 airy and, and, and well paced and uh, just just a single story like again go read this one just this this one just try it out yeah. and be like wow I yeah never, no, I never so Northlanders I seriously is is the best book that you're not reading like you should go read it like it's just great that. great comic graphic novel storytelling and you know and it's and it's period piece and it takes place in this time period you know and but it totally it's it, it's great every every issue does not fail so Connor and often I've, some dude gets chopped up yeah some exactly. yeah uh, I've been waiting for this one. Well, much like Total Recall, I picked John Byrne's Next Men number six as my <laughs> Don't Miss Light Weep book this week on a fanboy. Uh, if you recall, I read the first issue and didn't like it, so I didn't read it beyond that. But then I saw the cover for this issue and I thought, there's no way. There's no I way. Can't you can't. Not read this. Josh and I are big fans of the buffs of the Civil War and the Lincoln assassination story. And this cover featured. Big fan of the Lincoln assassination Lincoln there. sitting there with John Wilkes Booth pointing a gun at his head. And behind him, one of the characters from Next Men pointing a gun at his head. And first of all, I love the the repetition in that cover, so I figured I'd give it a shot. I picked I picked this up and read it, and it was it was constructed in a way where I didn't quite know exactly what was going on, but I could follow the story well enough. This character from the cover, whose name I can't remember anymore, um, she she wakes she's she's in Civil War time. I don't know why. That's but awesome. She, there she is, and she's she's trying to make her way to Washington. She picks up a little slave girlfriend. They make their way. Th- they, they escape from a bunch of troops. They get, they get to Washington. She tries to warn them that Booth is going to assassinate Lincoln. She's, she's black, so she, obviously she, there's an added layer of racial interest in this, and um, no one will believe her. So she actually, at the time, you could just walk into the White House and you know, talk to the president. Really? Yes, that's actually true. Oh, wow. So she goes to the White House and tries to convince them that, that Booth, who's at the time the most famous actor, in the, one of the most famous actors in the world, is going to kill yep. the president. And they're all like, you're, you know, she's, she's nuts. And, uh, what about Lincoln, Seward? Did they try to warn about him at least? No. She, then Lincoln comes out. And Lincoln's, actually, the Lincoln betrayal is actually quite kind of accurate from what I can tell. He was kind of folksy and funny, and he had a lot of stories to tell. Um, but she, she can't convince anyone that this guy's going to kill, kill Lincoln. So she goes to the Ford Theater to stop him with her modern pistol. And... Uh, confronts booth in the stairwell and he's like what is that toy you're waving at me and then uh, she she shoots him in the gun the bullet stops in midair and that's the cliffhanger oh, that's, that's awesome. a good cliffhanger 
Um, but All she would need to do would point out the block of wood that he used to block the opening. They found or do many, any number of things. But That's true. Uh, That's true. Stop him in the alley when he goes to drop off the horse, and that guy got put in jail. Anyway. Yeah, so, so she goes to the Force Theater. Uh, there's a brief scene of Booth, and then... Uh, it, I mean, it, from, I'm actually reading a book, a prose book about the assassination right now, my third one of the, that I've read in the last year. So I've, I've got a lot of the details in my brain at the moment. So it was, it was interesting. It was, it was as bad as wacky as I was hoping it would be, which was any, bringing a modern person in the world with a, with a 9 millimeter pistol to stop the Booth assassination as bad as wacky as... As it gets, that's for sure. And it's burned. Burn is burned. The art's still, you know, still pretty solid burn. So he's probably going to stick with it and tell the story of America had he not been assassinated. Because that would, that would be a quick... What, I imagine the issues. bullet stopping in the air is because they can't change the time stream, but I don't know. I don't read in the book. That's just my assumption from reading comics for 30 years. You're going to read the next one? Yeah, I can't. kind of have to. I mean, yeah, you have to report. I have, but I want to know what happens next with the bullet hanging in the air. All Although right. the cover for the next issue shows the other characters in Roman times, which is not as interesting. <laughs> this is he's crazy. Power of the great cover. It was a great cover. Yeah. Was, pick- that was a good cover. That, I, I thought about picking it up myself when I saw the cover, but my store sold out because they ordered two. No, I don't know how many they ordered, but yeah, nobody's buying it. So. Oh, boots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. So those are the books that we enjoyed this week, and a whole lot of other books came out this week, and you all uh, went and bought you know, bought your comics and read them and wrote your own reviews and did your own ratings. And I want to highlight the, the top five uh, pick of the weeks according to the uh, iFanboy audience. Uh, Josh, do you want to take us through them? I will. Number five. This is at the time that we recorded. Number five, Love and Capes Ever After, number four, with a 4.9% rate. Wow. wow, by the way. Strong showing, yeah. Yes. That's a really fun book. Yeah, that's a great uh, book. Number four uh, was my pick of the week, Chew, number 27, with 9.1%. Uh, number three, Journey into Mystery, number 623, uh, with a 14.2%. Everyone is Star- loving, everyone's loving what Kieran's doing on that book, by the way. Yes. The last, Star- the last issue was also, was it the first or second? Yeah, it was a, lot of, high up there. a lot of buzz on Journey into Mystery. Uh, Batman Incorporated number six with a twenty one point eight, and no big surprise, Flashpoint number one at thirty one point three. Methinks a bit of wishful thinking. Possibly, you get caught up in the hype. It's easy. Or I, people I, actually I, enjoyed it who aren't you two. Sure, yes, yeah. <laughs> I can understand that. The Lord knows we've all gotten caught up. I think uh, there's a lot of wanting to like it a lot. Maybe, yeah. maybe they did, or you know, people certainly have different tastes than I do. I know, I'm, I accept that very this, much. This so. matters. Um, all right, so uh, on to the reviews, and some of you, you know, some of you wrote some reviews of your comics. We want to highlight some of the uh, other reviews uh, that were written about uh, books that we didn't talk about. First one comes from Comic Book Chris, who reviewed New Mutants number twenty-five. He gave the story a five out of five, and the art a four out of five. At a time of recording, less than one percent of you made it your pick of the week. Um, and what Comic Book Chris has to say is that I love the idea, and so far the execution of this new direction for the New Mutants. I love the idea of reintroducing past and forgotten about stories and characters to new readers. The bar is set quite high by starting out with Nate Gray, since he's you know, the greatest. But if anyone can pull this off, it's Abnett and Lanning. Um, I don't know if I agree with the Nate Gray being the greatest, but um, I definitely agree that the I love the direction of uh, the idea of, you know, the New Mutants are going to be a team that basically ties up all the various loose ends that have been left behind by the X-Men, which is great. Um, Abnett and Lanning's first issue, first time, first time I've read them writing the, the X characters, uh, way more chatty than I was used to. <laughs> and, like, they had that Guardians of the Galaxy banter, and like the, the, it opens up in a fight scene, and there's like a lot of banter going on. And I realized that that's just because these characters haven't been written that way recently. But that's really how they were originally written. So once I realized that, I was like, "Oh, excellent!" Like it was. It made me point out how off the characterization and the and the writing of these characters have been for the past few years. So um, it was. Nice. But you enjoyed it. 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great. It was really good. Did you did you did you like X Men back in the day? I didn't mind them. I mean, it came, it, you know, came out of Age of Apocalypse, and you know, like I I read X Men as a book for the the whole run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I don't I don't I don't I don't love them. I don't hate them. You know, he's just one of those guys that are out there. So okay, yeah. you tolerate him. Yeah, I tolerate him. Yeah, but but not even like that's got a negative connotation. It's just like you know, he doesn't bother me. He's okay by me. Uh, Fun Crusher read Arkham City number one, gave the story of four to five and the art of four to five. Nobody has this as pick of the week. And he said, better than expected by far. I'm really glad I made the last minute decision to pick this one up. The story after one issue is a solid Paul Dini Batman story and the art will grow on you by the end. If you played the game, you loved it. It will definitely add to the enjoyment of the issue. Uh, I believe the title is Batman Arkham City. Yeah, yeah, Batman Arkham City. Sorry. And this is based off the the continuity of the the video game Arkham Asylum and then the the upcoming sequel Arkham City. Uh, Connor, did you read this? I got it. I don't – A, I've never played the games. B, I don't normally read video game tie-in books. But it was Paul Dini writing a Batman book. so I figured. Yes. Well, he wrote the game too. Yeah, so I figured I'd give the first issue a shot because why not? And um, it was fun. I I don't know anything about the story of the game. It takes place (laughs) in between, but there's enough information for you to sort of – understand where these characters have been and where they are now. There was some sort of big riot or something. That's really all you need to know. There was a riot at Arkham. Batman beat them. The whole city got caught up in it, and that's all you really need to know. And It is funny. It has a vibe of a bit of a darker animated series story because it's yeah. its own continuity. It doesn't have to worry about anything, And it's but the game's a little bit edgier than the cartoon was, so it was good. It was Joker, Harley Quinn, and Batman written by Paul Dini, which is, you know, he, he created Harley Quinn, so there you go. I liked that... Uh I like that it was just a Batman unencumbered by anything else. Yeah. You know, any other stories. So that's always good. Which is, you know, when Paul Dini really, really shines in that, in that instance. It was really good. It was solid. If you, if you like Paul Dini Batman stories, you don't have to have played the game to enjoy this. I've never even played a second of the game. So, and I enjoyed it. Cool. Pick, pick it up. So go to ifanboy.com slash comics and you do your pull list and come back and rate and review your books and you might get a, a book uh, highlighted on the show next week. So make sure you do that. <clears throat> Email time. Andy from Cincinnati, Ohio, writes and says, With the inevitable success of, the season, of this season's comic book movies and the Pixar and DreamWorks animated films, I'm wondering why comics have not used this form of filmmaking to tell their stories. The Incredibles was extremely successful, and this would be a way to tell stories that would not work in live action. I think a book like Bone or Mouse would be amazing as a Pixar film. Are comics using this form to adapt their books? If not, why? And finally, what other comics, work, what other comics would work as an animated film? And I think he has it backwards. <laughs> comics are not choosing to not be an animation it's the animation just gets to choose what stories they're going to make right and they'd rather do their own pixar would rather do their own stories than do an adaptation have you ever seen pixar do an adaptation yeah. have you ever seen pixar do an adaptation oh well, there oh. was a one oh <laughs> I being no. of um, but, but dreamworks wouldn't be against it but then again no. the, the dreamworks ones aren't as good yeah. um well, Pixar's, but Pixar, I mean, the way, that, the way that Pixar works is they're a full in-house studio. They come up with a concept, they write the script, they animate, they do the whole thing, and that's why they're not doing it. Uh, I guess there could be a crossover with Marvel there, but... DreamWorks has had a couple of hits, hasn't they? Yeah, but DreamWorks... Dragon was great. Which yeah, one? no, but... Which one was that, Connor? Train Your Dragon. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, No, it was. Yeah. But they, they sort of throw a lot more concepts out there, you know, and some of them are really good and some of them are forgettable. Whereas, like, at Pixar, it's like every effort is the, is a huge thing with a bunch of, you know, really talented people. It's just a little little different. Um, but you it's, know, not, it's, a good, it's not up to comics to do to make these movies. Yeah, it's, yeah. No, but it, it's a good question because you would think that it would be, you know, we have a, a society now that, you know, that, that they accept some animated movies. But it's still those mo- animated movies are largely thought to be for kids, I think, by well, – They were kind by the lot. Academy. I mean, they're still – that's just the way it's, exactly. it is. Yeah. Um, so that that's one reason. So if you're Marvel uh, and you've got this other live action franchise full of of, of movies, I think you're, you're better off 
making a live action movie because you know that people like them and you can put a, a recognizable star in them. So that's more bankable right away. Um, I'm guessing that's why they haven't done it. They've done sort of the, the cheaper regular animation. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you're not wrong. Like if you took the technology that you put behind something like uh, The Incredibles, it would be a really cool way to do uh, a lot of these superhero stuff that we've never seen. And, like a Fantastic Four movie would be great. And, and it's – well, that was called The Incredibles. Um, well, and it's not like, and it's not like they, um, they're not doing animation. I mean there's, you know, there's a lot of animation projects that are happening in comics. They're just not of the scale of theatrical releases. Yeah, yeah. they're TV stuff. Yeah. There's a lot. There'll be a lot of Marvel TV animation. A lot of direct, right? a lot of Marvel TV animation. A lot of direct to video. You know, like the Doctor Strange one and all that. You know, like they're 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 playing with it. It's just that the the amount of money it takes to make back on a theatrical animation release. You know, like I I agree with you. I would love to see Bone as a beautiful animated movie. That would be amazing. It'd be epic. I don't know if it would make a hundred million dollars. You know? Could though. Yeah. That actually, I think has the has the possibility. Yeah. If you did like three movies, you know, Lord of the Rings, but but yeah. Bone, be great. That would be great. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I love Bone. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But ultimately, I think that there's more cachet in a live action films for Marvel than there is at, a, at an animated film. Oh and yeah, I think, totally with the celebrity and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I think Pixar's unless unless someone forces them to make a Marvel movie, I can't see them doing it. I, I, don't, really, I don't know how the, the deal works, but I don't think anybody can force Pixar to make anything. So They have too much clout. Yeah. Speaking of Bone, did you see the 20th anniversary thing they put together that they're selling? No. no. It's insane. It's this box set. They only did 2,000 of them. Um, this box set of a the one volume, I think the color version, um, the, the cartoonist DVD, the documentary about Jeff Smith. Um, all these like little pewter figurines, a print, um, uh, an actual. They made a actual uh, uh, coin with uh, with Phony Bone's face on the front front of it. Mm-hmm. Or no, fa- uh, whatever. Not, not Phony Bone. The other one. The, the one with the Bone star. Bone. Uh, no. Um, T Bone. Yeah, I think it's Phony Bone. I think that's what it was. Um, but yeah, it was just it, it, it's it's like if you're a Bone fan, it's um, it's, it's three hundred and fifty dollars, but it's amazing. Have and you then, seen the cartoonist? Uh, no, I haven't yet. It's been on my list. I need to get it. It's 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 li- it's actually just a like a it's a taped conversation between Scott McCloud and and, uh, yeah. and Jeff Smith on a stage at a, at, a, at a school. It's it's pretty good though. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, here, yeah, phony bone. It's a twenty-two karat gold-plated coin with phony bone's head on one side and phone bone on the reverse, giving the dates bone number one, July nineteen ninety-one, and the twentieth anniversary, July twenty eleven. Um, and for a thousand dollars, they're they're selling fifty of all that box set plus a original uh, Jeff Smith bone art piece. For a thousand dollars, like it's like wow, it's beautiful. Mm. Anyway, sorry, I love bone. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, on to the next huge email. bone fan. Our next email comes from David from West Virginia. He says, "Hey guys, I started reading comics about a year ago thanks to the Blackest Night event. I never bought a comic before then, and now I'm an avid fan of DC and Marvel comics. So far, I've read Siege, Civil War, and Secret Wars. I saw your comic event video podcast. I'm hoping you can suggest some other great events. Oh wow, mm. this is the, this is the the reverse question we normally get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah." So uh, what were good events recently? Siege was a great one. That was a good one. Which, which ones did we talk about on the show? Yeah, yeah, those ones. Go and watch the show again. <laughs> then take notes on it. I don't remember that show at all. But, you know, right now you're seeing the beginning of a couple events right now. So if you want to get on Flashpoint and Fear Itself, those are, those are two that are going on. So if you want to be involved in the sort of the, you know, as it goes on in the zeitgeist, then this is actually the summer for it. Um you know, other than that, like if you if you go back and and you could read, we talked about this in the show, but my favorite one was uh, the the sort of uh, Gotham City Cataclysm and Aftershock and and uh, all, all those 
sort of the, the earthquake of Gotham City era. Hey man, Age, uh, of, Age of Apocalypse ages very well. Surprisingly, <laughs> I mean no, it, it really does. I was going back, I was looking about it, looking at it the other day, and the, the Age of Apocalypse is a great X Men event. Really, again, similar to Flashpoint, you know, rethinking the characters and all that sort of stuff. Um, very cool. Uh, Who was in charge of Marvel back then? Bob Harris. Who's in charge of DC now? Oh, Bob Harris. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Talk about an event. That's the event that started them all. So yeah, I actually I really enjoyed um, uh, Infinity Crisis when I when I went back and read it. I thought it was that was fun. Yeah. Um, and you mean Identity uh, Crisis. I no. I, no, I meant Infinity Crisis. Inf- Inf- I Infinity consider. Gauntlet. No. Infinite crisis. Infinite crisis. Infinite crisis. Uh, well, yeah, I can see I can get that mixed up. Yeah. Infinite crisis. Uh, I thought was pretty. It was good. really good. Red all in tra- trade. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Uh, Identity crisis. I don't consider an event. It was a miniseries. No, yeah, that wasn't an event. I bet you were saying crisis. So I didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, because so, yeah, you got I mean, it wrong. You got it wrong. Okay. It was final crisis, but I wouldn't read that of its own on its own. I'd read that other one first and then go yeah. back. I'm trying to think. I mean, if you want to read the, like the original, like go find the trade of the Kree Scroll War. Yeah. That's the, the, the beginning of all those, but that, that's, you know, 60s sort of stuff. Or uh, the Fantastic Four coming of Galactus. Oh, that's a good one. That, that's talking about the show. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, cool. So if you have any questions, you can shoot us an email at contact.ifanboy.com. Good. Uh, we are part of Graphically, a, a, a digital comics. Um, I don't know what the next word is for Wonderland. that. Wonderland. Yes, a digital comics cornucopia with well over 3,000 comics from so many publishers, but including Marvel, Top Cow, Boom, IDW, Red 5, Marcoge. I could keep going. Uh, many, many comics. Pretty much any kind of comic you want, uh, it's going to be on there. Uh, with, with, believe me, more coming up. Some really good stuff yeah. coming up. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll definitely be able to find a very good taste uh, of, of all sorts of different types of comics. And, and the good part is you can sort of... Uh, Consume them any way that you want. You can uh, read them on the web, uh, which is I, I like doing that a lot. Uh, you can read them on your Android device or your iOS device. If it's an iPhone or an iPad, there's the app, uh, which has uh, sort of some uh, extras on some things. We just did uh, some uh, commentaries for Top Cow on the artifacts issues, the first three with uh, writer Ron Mars and, and uh, uh, publisher Philip Sublick. And uh, there'll be all sorts of things like that. Some stuff have extra, you know, penciled pages and colored pages. So you can see the process and script pages and all sorts of things like that. And and also uh, you can you can interact with people and comment on the pages and on the different things going on. And, and it's it's a whole community and, and and not just a way to read books. Uh, but there are a lot of books if you want to do that. So uh, and, go to graphically.com for more information. And there's some and, super cool stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, we got a new version of the website of the Graphically website that's going to be coming out very soon. And if you want to get a get notified as soon as it comes out and be one of the first people to check it out go to beta sign up dot graphically dot com that's beta sign up all one word uh, dot graphically dot com and there you can give us your email address and we'll let you know as soon as the new website launches and uh, you can earn a beta tester badge on your graphically profile so it's pretty cool so uh, go I check want a beta out. tester badge yeah you get you get some you get a different kind of badge uh, and you can follow you can follow graphically at twitter.com slash graphically and then you can keep up with all that stuff like like Top Cow Tuesdays for example we get, we get uh, discounted books every Tuesday. Try something new. All right, on to the voicemail, right? We got time for one, vo- one voicemail? Can we sneak it in? One, voice. one voicemail. Let's do it. All right. Hey, fanboys. This is uh, Muhammad from Virginia. Uh, I've been reading uh, Avengers of Children's Crusade, and I've been wondering, what's up with Wolverine like, really wanting to kill Wanda? I mean, the Avengers are all, you know, they've been like, oh, we can you know, address this problem. We have to address this problem. But Wolverine's been all about killing Wanda and her kids so yeah 
Uh, what's that all about? Thanks. No one would tell him what's in the closet. He got madder and madder and madder. <laughs> and when he asked, they just brushed him off like it didn't matter, like it wasn't a thing. And I totally Sorry. a thing no um no uh wolverine's bloodlust for wanda makes sense because if you go back and read house of m and the end of house of m wolverine got majorly fucked up in the in house of m people yeah. tend to forget that wolverine was one of the people who got the most screwed up in that at, when they came out of house of m all of his memory blocks were gone so, yeah so he remembered everything like every, all, and so all the defenses and all the the coping mechanisms he's put up to deal with all the shit he's gone through in his life were gone so he woke up to a world that, like, uh, imagine a world of hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, he, but also he's always been about vengeance. Yeah. And do, doing the right thing. Even and and to him, the Scarlet Witch not only fucked his shit up, but fucked everybody's shit up. Yeah, and then you don't do that. Yeah. So and protecting like the the kids and the young mutants. He's always been very protective like that, and and she took that away from a lot of them. And I think that 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 wasn't okay. Yeah, I think it's a combination of all that basically. Yeah. You, yeah. You, just to touch on the earlier question, actually, House of M and Avengers uh, Disassembled are also two really good and pretty yeah. relevant things to go back and read. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Good House of M was lots of fun. Yeah. yeah. So, Olivier Coipel. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, and if you like Siege, you'd like House of M because it's Coipel. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, if you have any questions, you can call us on the voicemail line at 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 1-888-326-2697. Um, and we've got other podcasts, not just this one. Uh, every Monday we release iFanboy Don't Miss, where we talk to a creator about a book that's coming up. Uh, this past week, uh, Connor talked to Chris Burnham about Batman Incorporated number six, which is very cool. This week we're taking the week off. We couldn't, you know, people are busy, so we're not getting a Don't Miss this week. But in lieu of that, we, uh, Connor, myself, who else is doing it, Connor? Uh, roster to determine. Oh, roster to be determined. <laughs> uh, I love him. Uh, we're gonna be talking. We're gonna be talking about the, the Smallville finale, uh, or just the whole se- season, the whole yeah. series. We're gonna sort of wrap up Smallville. It, it ended this this weekend, and uh, we're gonna sort of talk about the show as a whole, our memories, our thoughts, our feelings. Uh, talking about Smallville. <laughs> so, uh, so you might want to be on the lookout for that. You can go to fanboy.com and you can see when that gets posted, and you can download it and listen. If you enjoyed the past ten years of Smallville, like Connor and I did, then you'll definitely want to listen to. Or it. even watch it at any point. It'll. It'll yep. be fun conversation. Ten, ten years. Yep. The entire length of time we did iFanboy. Wow, and they're still in high school? No, they're no. adults. Yep. They have jobs. They, they moved on with their lives, whereas we're still talking comics. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that's oh. that. And then and we told you earlier in the show we were doing giveaways this month at iFanboy. You go to iFanboy.com. You can see the red post at the top listing all the giveaways. And this week we're giving away two Image Comics prize packs. The first winner is Trish Brafford. And she wins the Spawn pack with, with the Spawn Origins Collections Volumes 5 through 10 and Spawn Endgame Collection. So that's uh, a lot of trades that Trish Bradford just won. And the other winner is Andrew Dietrich, who won the other Image Comics pack, which has got three Savage Dragon trades, two Invincible trades, and two Hack Slash trades. Nice. So there you go. That's a lot of trades we're just giving out to iFanboy members. We've got even more stuff coming up. You've got to be in it to win it. So to be eligible, you've got to be an iFanboy member. Go to iFanboy.com slash store. You can find out how to do that there. And we appreciate it. There'll be more to come after this month. Make sure that you get to ifanboy.com. You can read my Pick of the Week review. You can read my Book of the Month review. And I guess some other people are doing some stuff. Boy, it feels like I wrote a lot. Um, and all the other uh, stuff that's going on there. Wonderful conversations this week. Uh, talking about, uh, for example, DC's two ninety nine price point. That, that conversation has been going on a long time. And all sorts of great art and things to look at every single day. Uh, all, and there's Word Balloon, the podcast. Uh, doing all sorts of comic book interviews and things like that. And as well as our own interviews that we do uh, our, with our Talksplode show. And you can go to ifanboy.com slash about. You can see the social networking links and how to hook up with us on the internet in other ways. Uh, we also have the video show. And last week was the email and voicemail show. It was a fun time. It was, got, it got, was a, got awkward towards the end there, though. 
like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't talking to you. Uh, <laughs> don't know that. That's fine. We were not fighting. Uh, and then next week. Uh, what I love is, is like if we were fighting, why would we put it in? <laughs> That's what I love. I, I like to think of where we were. We would put it in there. True. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, Depends if we had no outtakes. Yeah. We kind of. Yeah. To. If you don't have it, yeah, you have to put something in there. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward sexual tension. That's my favorite one I ever did. Uh, next week, the Frank Miller show. Wow, that's. Can we even do that? Are we allowed to do that? I don't think I we are, like... to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. well. We take a look at Frank Miller's career from the very first issue we did till the very last issue we did. Wow, that's a, lo- it's a lot of stuff. Yep. So, uh, so check you can that tell out. Us editing it. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and uh, like I mentioned, you can get in touch with us by emailing us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven, or write to us on Twitter, twitter.com slash ifanboy. And finally, write a review on iTunes for this show, for the Don't Miss show, for the video show, for all the shows that uh, we, we're friends with, Word Blue and everybody. It really helps people find the show when they're looking for podcasts, and we really appreciate it. It takes you two seconds. We, it's, you know, what, what, what else can you do? Help us out. And uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Connor. Thank, you're welcome. Thank you, Ron. All right, cool. Good week of comics. I enjoyed this Thanks, week guys. of comics. Yeah, it was, a, it, was nice. it, was a, it was a strong week of books. It yeah. was a fun week. Yeah. So, all right. Well, until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm Josh. Goodbye.